Leilani Wolfgram is an Orlando-based reggae artist inspired by Bob Marley's profound ability to inject his music with social commentary. Wolfgram's new album, Livewire, captures that narrative, navigates topics like what she believes is a narcissistic society, depression, loss, and more. I got a chance to speak with the talented singer. This is that conversation. Psychedelic manic, ace 12, Tassie found a trail and she turned a little thrill into a habit. I kept to the school books. Before we get into the details of specific songs and, and writing it, I, I certainly want to ask you about just your beginnings in music and how you ended up on this path. As I understand it, Bob Marley is one of the individuals that you credit for the music that you've chosen to express yourself in because his music showed you what you can do with music in terms of changing society. Is that right? That's absolutely right. What song of his were you first introduced to, and why is it that you thought that music had this power to it? Because, you know, growing up here, I guess I heard a lot of love songs, a lot of uh, vibey songs, but hearing that conscious kind of music educated me and had got my brain start to think and start to see the world differently. You what? know, when he says, don't let them fool you. Or even try to school you. It's like, that was poignant to me. What about the world that had you seen up to that point that led you to believe that some things needed to change? For me, the imbalance of the world, what we're all distracted by in the world, it was um, hard to realize that just being into it, somebody kind of had to, had to wake me up to it and say, yeah, you're being distracted by all of these um all of these things that actually don't matter when there's a really big world out there and real things are going on and real lives are, are being affected. And you're just worried about, like, you know, the newest Jordans that are coming out. Wait, did those come out already? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. There's, there's another interesting commentary that I know you address on this album, Livewire, and that is of this narcissistic, really commodified world that we exist in where we're not even aware of our surroundings, including those folks who are standing right next to us because we're so involved with technology and social media. Was that an interesting realization for you to come to, considering that's just a huge part of not only how we are as humans, but also just how music is consumed and media is consumed? I know, right? It's kind of like that Catch-22. We need social media, but how much of it is too much? It's, uh, again, where I go back to that imbalance. I think I'm broken. I'm going broken. Because I spend all my money scheduling treatments, chasing our demons. I be hurting myself, but I'm too numb to feel dumb. And it's beautiful to be young. And I'm sick, still ill, and drop dead if looks I was reading up on Livewire and the reason why you chose the name for the album, if you don't mind recounting that. I know it's a very personal story, but I am interested in hearing why that experience lent itself to you being able to share this side of your story with an audience. When I lost my dad, there was a lot of things wrong that I just wasn't letting out. I wasn't 
I wasn't articulating how I was feeling. I was keeping it all in and all in. Literally, I lost my dad to a live wire, and I also became this live wire. And I, I think, like, through this process of writing this album, I was able to, like, have this really therapeutic experience and and just get all of my emotions out, all of my thoughts out, and explain how I feel and how I felt about losing him. The title track has you singing that you're too numb to feel dumb. You also say, I can't hold this smile much longer. Had you felt like you were putting on a facade for everyday folks? I do. I still I still struggle with that. That's my, I guess, New Year's resolution all, at, at all times is to just try to not wear a mask and not not live for other people and, and to try to just be myself at all times. Let's talk about your song, Broken Ones. You have this really compelling line that I'm interested to learn about. You talk about my sisters carrying tasers from their shamers who begot them. I don't know if I was reading too much into this because of the climate that we exist in, but that line certainly stood out to me. Do you mind unpacking that? Um, You know, I I wrote it because I felt like it had a lot of different meanings, just feeling you know, as a female, like how I was raised, it was like from the moment that I was raised, the moment that I was born, it was, I was different from my brothers. I'm the, I'm the only girl, I have four brothers. And I was just so overly protected, so guarded from, from the world. And, you know, that was out of my dad's, you know, love for me, but it really affected me. Like that my brothers could do all of these things and the world was open to them. And I was, just this like weak, fragile little thing that that couldn't see that he was just afraid to to show the world to. My brothers can't get water. They think that the world forgot them. My sisters carry tasers from their shamers who begot. What do you think that did to you? What impact did that have on how you are as a grown woman? When I was younger, I rebelled a lot because I would see my brothers just like, you know, it was as easy as like, okay, we'll be back at this time. All right. And for me, it was, I I mean, I literally couldn't go to a friend's house. I couldn't have a slumber party. I couldn't do any of those things because my dad was so afraid of, what their dads would do, what their brothers would do, what would happen to me. He was just so afraid for me. And I got to a point, just my personality, I just rebelled against it. And that started the whole thing with me and being a secret keeper and keeping things in. That's such a crazy dynamic that you just described. Because on the one hand, I mean, I'm struggling with this as well. I have a six-year-old and and a two-year-old both girls and yes on the one hand I would love for them to be able to have freedom and autonomy but on the other hand 
I know this is a Yiddish world. So how much of your father's protectiveness did you attribute to him being overbearing versus how the world actually is or how it could be? When I was younger, I attributed all of it to my dad being <laughs> strict on me. And as it took me going out and living and, and, and experiencing these things for me to see like what he was protecting me from. Yeah. And now you're like, thanks, Dad. <laughs> yeah. A part of me is like, thanks, Dad. And another part of me is like, you know, I have that very feminist. And I think like I sh- should have that e- same equal opportunity of growing up and experiencing and uh, having these adventures that my brothers had. I'm walking on the Glad you mentioned feminism on our show. It's a big part of what we talk about, as well as other social movements, gender dynamics, and the like. I'm wondering, as these conversations are taking place on a mainstream level, whether it's Time's Up or Me Too, certainly these are dealing with workplace scenarios and and media to a certain extent, if you're talking about broadcasts as well as entertainment. But having talked to musicians uh, as a bulk of my experience with interviewing, I know that this type of thing is incredibly prevalent within the music industry. And I'm wondering if this is something that you feel is finally going to be addressed as well just as a musician and and a woman in music yeah i'm having that finally moment i also think it's it's important to understand like that what we were just talking about with the you know sisters carry tasers and being overly protected is is the conditioning that women have since birth it's like written into our dna for you know a thousand years to to not speak up, to to please a man, to not be, you know, th- these things are written into, into us. And we've got this whole Me Too movement. I'm excited about, about educating women, too. Like, I was lucky enough that my dad and mom and my family raised me and my brothers raised me to be very outspoken and... If, if it's no, it's no, and like you know, my opinion, my opinion matters, my voice matters. But other other women don't have that, and they have we have to educate them. It's okay to say no. Your opinion is valid. I can't thank you enough, Leilani, for making time. Once again, congratulations on the album. Continue success. Thank you. At the bottom of a, at the bottom of a, at the bottom of a.